good to be with you in Airdrie this morning. Uh, my name is Jim Gladstone. Uh, I think uh, this is actually my first visit, certainly my first visit to Airdrie Baptist Church, uh, and I think it's also my first visit to Airdrie. Um, you have previously been but an, a signpost on the M8 to me. Um, it's wonderful to come into the town to see that it's a, a, a town of, uh, full of living souls and uh, a town with uh, worshipping communities uh, in it. So uh, I, I bring you uh, greetings from the far east, from Edinburgh, uh, this morning, and it's just lovely to be with you. We're going to read from God's Word, and we're going to read Psalm 121 together. I'll be reading from the NIV. Uh, I have the, the more recent NIV, but whether you're reading the older one or the ESV or another version, um, we'll, we'll probably make some reference to, to, to that as we go along. But uh, let me read w- along with you. Let me read to you. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Amen. Some wonderful promises there. And... uh, We're going to sing those uh, promises now as we sing uh, uh, the next song, which is from the old Scottish Psalter, I to the hills will lift mine eyes. So let's stand to sing. Your Bible's uh, open in front of you just to, to follow along. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Amen. When she arose that Monday morning, she knew that she faced a difficult day ahead. Things weren't going well with the new boss. She knew she was handling the contract well, but somehow this new boss was never satisfied. She hadn't slept well. The meeting had been on her mind all weekend. If she was honest, it had been difficult going to church on Sunday. Nothing seemed to calm her. She couldn't focus on the praise. She couldn't focus on the prayers. She couldn't focus on the Word. And to cap it all, as she headed for work that Monday morning, her husband was headed to hospital, to a clinic appointment arranged rather too hastily, she thought, by his GP. She decided to squeeze in five minutes of quiet time before the day started, uh, worried that she was doing it really just as a lucky charm. Well, imagine her amazement when she began to read Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord 
the maker of heaven and earth. Have you ever felt daunted by the task ahead of you? Have you ever felt daunted by the day ahead of you? Or maybe just by the general pressures of life, of being a parent, or of being unemployed, or being a widow now, or on the wages or the pension you have. This threat is bigger than me. This problem is greater than the, than the resources I have. Where does my help come from? Well, the important thing to take on board, which this psalmist does, is that not only is there help available, but this help is limitless. Look to the mountains? No. Look to the maker of the mountains. That's where your help comes from. About 30 years ago, I went on holiday with some friends up north, and uh, we were driving up the A9. You know there's that section where the dual carriageway splits, and the, um, the northbound carriageway is here, and the southbound carriageway is away up there somewhere? And as we approached it, one of the, the folks I was traveling with, uh, whose dad was a civil engineer, pointed ahead and said, see that bit of road up there? My dad, my father, he had a, he had a hand in designing that. I couldn't resist the temptation. I said to her, you see that mountainside that that bit of road is on? My heavenly father had a hand designing that. Look to the hills. Look to the maker of the hills. When help, the help available to us comes from the, the, the maker of heaven and earth, that help is limitless. Now, take a look with me carefully at verse 1 and see what we see. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Did you notice what they call the first person speech? It said, I, and it said, my. This person is reminding themselves of the truth. My help, they're saying. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Sometimes I think we need to remind ourselves to deliberately talk to ourselves, to remind ourselves of biblical truth. When everything around us looks bleak, when we're facing times we think we just can't face, then maybe we need to give ourselves a good talking to. My help comes from the Lord, and I'm not going to forget it. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So in these first two verses, uh, a personal, first-person voice, I and my, as the psalmist speaks to himself, but then look in verse 3, a change of voice. I lift up my eyes, changes to he will not let your foot. Yes, it's important that we work things out for ourselves. Yes, it's important that we speak to ourselves of what we know and have become convinced of. But it's also important that we listen to others that we hear that second voice speaking into our lives. 
For being a Christian is not and must not be a solitary pursuit. We're to walk the road together. It's why He put us into churches. Look around. These are the people that God has given you to support you. But these are also the people that God has given you to support. For it's important that we encourage others, that, that we are that second voice speaking into their lives. So, I want to ask you, are you being that for others? Not giving them a piece of your mind or your own kind of made-up advice, but are you sharing God's Word with them? Are you reminding them of the truths of God? Are you reminding them about Him? And so now, and for the rest of this psalm, we hear this second voice reminding the psalmist and therefore reminding us of some important truths. So, let's look at those together. First of all, in verses 3 and 4, we learn that God's protection is unfailing. Notice firstly that God watches over you, it says in my NIV or He keeps you. If you're reading the ESV, you'll see the word keeping. In fact, this is the first of six occurrences of this group of words from Hebrew in the psalm. I think in the NIV, when I counted, it says something like watch five times and keep once. If you're reading the ESV, they, they keep the word keep all six times. I think that's better, actually. It preserves the, the, the original it means to guard. And that's the first reason why our feet won't slip. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The first reason our feet won't slip is because the Lord, see the capital letters, the name of God, Jehovah we used to say, Yahweh we often say, the Lord Himself is watching over us. He's guarding us. He's keeping us. But the second reason is important alongside it. You see, the biggest mistake a guard can make is to fall asleep on duty. And you know, there could have been some worry that God might have fallen asleep. Yeah, there could have been back in the day when this psalm was written, because in the ancient Near East in that time, um, the peoples around them, the peoples around the Israelites who were pagans and from pagan nations, they had lots and lots of gods, false gods, which they kind of thought were, were powerful, but pretty much like humans. And they actually thought that, you know, if, if, if their god wasn't doing something, it's probably because their god had gone and had to sleep. They thought that was quite normal. But this psalm reminds us that the God of the Bible, Israel's God, our God if we've made that commitment to Him, the maker of heaven and earth, does not sleep. As verse 4 puts it, He neither slumbers nor sleeps. So, the psalmist is able to rejoice that God is watching over him, that God is keeping him, and that there is no chance 
that God is going to fail at that, for He neither slumbers nor sleeps. In other words, God's eyes are always open. Psalm 34 verse 15 reminds us that the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and His ears are open to their cry. That is what He says to you. His eyes are towards you, and His ears are open to your cry. Isn't it wonderful to have a God who behaves that way? Isn't it wonderful to have a God who has such loving concern for us? I wonder, had you begun to think that God was asleep and missing what was going on in your life? No, the God we have is a God who neither slumbers nor sleeps, and so His protection is unfailing. But notice also that this promise is not just personal. While the you and the your in this psalm is singular, in verse 4, Israel is mentioned. So, God is not just your keeper, my keeper, personally, but our keeper, collectively. In Exodus chapter 4, uh, Israel was described as God's firstborn son. And Israel as a nation, you will recall, were led out of Egypt and led through the desert and led into the promised land. God's people then were kept by God. And so now God's eye continues to be on His people. God's protection is unfailing to us personally, but also to His people, His church. Now, these are wonderful promises, but it is important that we step aside for a moment and just check out what this passage is not saying. It is not saying that somehow we will be extracted from life's pressures, but rather it is saying that we will be maintained as we encounter them. Do you remember Daniel's companions? Uh, when they faced the fiery furnace and how they put their trust in God, here's what they said, Daniel 3.17. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of your hand, O King. And then what did they say? Verse 18. But if not... Be it known to you, O King, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. He is able, but if not, this is what we expect because this is what He can do. Nevertheless, I think it's a statement of faith. Faith in a reliable God, oh yes, but faith also in a sovereign God. He will not let go of us. Isn't it right that we should somehow say in our own small way, and we will not let go of you, for you are sovereign. 
I wonder, are you walking by faith this morning? Remember Paul said, we walk by faith, not by sight. Remember that faith is not some woolly idea of thinking it'll all be okay. Fingers crossed. No, faith is a definite trust in someone real. We put our faith in something. We put our faith in someone. The Bible teaches us that we must put our faith in Jesus Christ. Walking by faith and not by sight, the Bible teaches us, can only truly be done when we have placed our faith in the correct place, in God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. When He becomes Lord of our lives, we've given up control and we've passed it over to Him. We've stopped directing our own lives our own way, thinking we know best, and we've put our trust in Him that He knows best. I wonder, have you taken that step yet to allow Him to be Lord of your life? Not just to go along to church because it's nice, but to say to Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. And for those of us who have, don't we need to keep reminding ourselves of that? Walk by faith, not by sight. But then in verses 5 and 6, we learn that God's protection is gracious. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. This keeper motif continues. The Lord watches over you. The Lord will keep you. But now to enhance its description, the Lord is presented now as our shade. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. What does it mean for, for the Lord to be our shade? Well, I think it's a picture of His grace towards us, a beautiful picture of His care for us. Do you recall how at Wimbledon, in the height of the summer sun, when the players step aside and take a break at their chairs for that couple of minutes between matches or games, what happens? One of the ball boys and girls rushes forward, opens up an umbrella, and stands there with it over them as a sunshade. They don't have to bother about that themselves. They can concentrate on whatever it is, whether it's bananas or barley water or working out how to play the next shot. I don't know what they think about. But they don't have to think about the sun. It's done for them. It's done as a service to them. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Where's the sun? Okay. That's where it is. God as servant? Where have we heard that before? Isaiah 42, here is my servant, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit in him. Matthew chapter 20, the words of Jesus. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The sun will not harm you by day, 
We've had some very hot days this summer. Did you see the picture the other week there in the newspapers of the, 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 the soldier who just fainted on parade in the heat? I mean, normally in our summertime in Scotland, if we get a bit of sun, you know, we, we, we go and we walk on the sunny side of the street because it's such a novelty. How many times this summer in those really hot days have you found yourself thinking, I'll just walk on the shaded side of the street, that's, that's a little bit better today. Nor the moon by night. Of course, the moon does not affect us like the sun does, but the cold of the night in the mountains can be a real danger. This part of the psalm isn't really about protection from the weather. When the psalmist tells us that he, we will neither be harmed by the sun in the day nor the moon in the night, then all he's really saying is, you're covered. It's 24-7. It's round the clock. Morning, noon, and night. There's never a time when God isn't there. There's never a time when He isn't our shade at our right hand. What grace that God would be as that towards us. And then lastly, in verses 7 and 8, we learn that God's protection is unending. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. In this closing section, the psalmist does something that's not really uh, so obvious to us when we're reading the English translation. He had started with a concern for help in verses 1 and 2, but we've seen that from verse 3 onwards, this keeper, this guard thing is going on for the rest of the psalm. But what we haven't seen so clearly is that the Hebrew presents in verses 3 to 6, the guard, the keeper, a noun. But then, after three mentions of that, in typical Hebrew style, it flips and gives you three mentions of something else. For in verses 7 and 8, it changes. There is now action. It's a verb, to guard, to keep. Verse 7 Yahweh will guard you from all harm. He will guard your life. It's a verb. It's active. It's measurable. Yahweh will guard you from all harm. I wonder, have you received that promise from God? Have you received the blessing of it? It's really rather like the old blessing the blessing from Aaron's time in Numbers chapter 6. Do you remember it? The Lord bless you and keep you. It's the same word. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. What grace. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. I wonder sometimes if we truly realize who God is. He is not some vindictive God demanding things of us, keeping us in fear and terror of His power and not knowing what will happen next. Rather, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, 
abounding in love. Now, how does that affect the way that you see him? How does that affect the way that you relate to him? Why do we find ourselves so often worrying that we have to face life in our own strength? There are certainly, and I don't want to dodge this, there are certainly ample opportunities for us to be fearful of the future. Consider the choices, the changes, the decisions, the obstacles, the likely life events that any of us might be facing this year. Might you be moving house or leaving home? Perhaps your future is uncertain at work or for housing or in your family. How will we cope? Well, what is the promise contained in this psalm? Verse 8, the Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Actually, I'm going to do one of these sort of uh, things that ministers do, if you'll forgive me for a minute. I quite like the Hebrew instead of the English. <laughs> because actually, and if you've got the ESV, ESV, you'll see this, it doesn't say coming and going. Coming and going is what we say in English. It actually says that He will watch over your going and coming. Which actually really fits in, because no matter where you are right now, if there's going to be change, you will go from that place where the Lord watches over your going, even the first step, He watches over your going. And whether you come back to where you are just now or you move on to a new place, you will come into a situation. And the Lord looks over that also and watches over it. You're going and you're coming. One last thing. These are wonderful promises for us, but you know it's not all about us. God keeps us for a purpose, and that purpose is His glory. Jude, in the New Testament, reminded us of this. To Him who is able to keep you from stumbling, He will not let your foot slip to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before His glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Is He Lord of your life? Is He Lord of your church? He is the Lord of the church. So we need individually and collectively to come to Him and yield to Him. Let's, uh, let's sing of that just now as we sing number 442, Lord of the church. <laughs>